0: Welcome back to the fourth episode of the Grand Island Independent Podcast series, Back to the Past, where we take a look at a couple of Hall County historical markers that feature special events. Sponsored by the Stur Museum, bringing history to life. And remember, if you think museums are boring, you're doing it wrong. I'm your host, Josh Salmon. This week's topic is the 1967 floods in Grand Island. George Ayoub and Bob McFarlane recall living and working during the floods. In an article that ran in the Grand Island Independent by Pete Letheby on February 2, 2018, Grand Island received rain on 17 of June's 30 days in 1967, including nine straight days from June 7th to the 15th. The 13.96 inches is easily a record for the most precipitation in a month, according to records dating back to June 1896. The next closest is 9.85 inches in June of 2008. Lightning struck two homes the night of June 8th, Tornadoes touched down in Hall, Hamilton, and Merritt Counties on June 13th, and again in Hall County the very next night. On June 15th, more than 100 tornadoes descended on various locations in Nebraska. By June 15th, 5,000 of Grand Island's 30,000 residents had to be evacuated. Some of those 30,000 got around town in canoes and pontoons. But not at Daddy Street underpass. It was entirely filled with water. George Aube, a former reporter for the Grand Island Independent, recalls working for the city department that summer when he was around 17 years old. Bob McFarlane also helps in the conversation as he too was a teenager around that time and remembers the floods of 1967. As we go back to the past. So now, let's set the time machine to June 7th, 1967. (speak) Groovy, man. Here we go. So 1967,
1: I was... uh between my junior and senior year of high school, I worked for the city parks department mm-hmm. and because I played Legion baseball and check this weather out for yourself because I did it, I've written about it a few times and I, and, uh, and I went back and looked at the, the weather. There was a stretch mm-hmm. of weather from I'm guessing the 1st of June to the 15th of June, right? That's mm-hmm. about the time. You have to check the mm-hmm. dates. Where it seemed like it rained hard every night and now... Mm-hmm. It might not have, but I remember going back and checking at the rainfall amounts, and it was tremendous over over a two week period. At least. Plus, that we had some really severe storms during that time. I remember the sirens going off a couple times, and it seemed like nightly. Yeah, <laughs> oh, wow. I mean, a really big storm. And uh, and so, what happened was is that you know, I, I think it was saturation, but the warm, what we called the warm slew, which is part of what came off the Wood River to the south. And then Silver Creek, I believe, to the north. You know, they rose and the ground was saturated, so there was no place to go. So we started to get some some minor flooding. And by the time by the time what we called the floods, uh, I was when I when I went to work, the boss said, take this truck. We had a big flatbed Oh, probably a 15 or 20 foot flatbread, big red cab truck, park department. So I piled in. I and me and another guy, we drove out to uh, the ordnance plant and got sand okay. to take down. And we took it down to Arthur Street, uh, which looks a little different now, but it dead ends at Stolly Park Road. Okay. That hole from Stolly Park Road, we pulled up, and I remember looking down. Sartans lived right on the corner in that big house. I remember looking north and the water was, uh, it had to be three feet all the way down for about six blocks. And so at first, you know, you think, well, it's just this street. So uh, we we dumped the sand, uh, we made a couple runs and went back and the boss said, no, you need to go to such and such a place. And uh, they're going to fill you up with sandbags, and then take the sandbags where they tell you. And so, anyway, what happened was, is I did that for two days. I worked, and the guys I worked with, forty-six out of forty-eight hours, we slept an hour a day. So it was raining the whole time we were doing this. The whole time we were, yeah. and most of it, were, most of it, we would we would go to some place, and, and a front-end loader would load us with sandbags, and, and people would help us get it on there, and then we would just drive to uh, some place. Like we sandbag power stations mm-hmm. so they wouldn't, you know, yeah. they wouldn't arc and jump and and power go out. And what what happened though was weird is that there were two or three of us that worked for the parks department, but I'd look in the back and there'd be like 15 people riding on this thing, oh. just people, community volunteers, you know. Yeah. And, and and I wasn't about to say, well, you can't get on this because it's a city truck. I mean, what I'm mean, just a kid. What did I know? So we did that, and uh, and we did it in mostly in the south part of town, but we also did it up north by the high school because the water came all the way past Capitol Avenue, all the way to, to that area where the high school is right, right. now.
2: Yeah. Actually, I believe the water came up Sycamore Street to about 17th. About, it was about
1: 17th. It was about the end hmm. of it. And it went this way to Anna because Anna was kind of the high ground. Okay. Okay. Uh, so a couple, just a couple, really vivid memories I have of that. So or, that
0: went on for a few days, then or? two, days, two yeah. days, wow. And then okay. the water
1: kind of receded, and what? And then it quit raining too. You know, I have a, some kind of really. I remember we were in, we we dumped sandbags off down by what we called Mavis Bowl then, but it was uh, on Oklahoma Street and Phoenix in there, East uh, Bismarck. Yeah, East Bismarck, a couple blocks south of there, in a in that neighborhood, we we had dumped sandbags, and then people were kind of saying, "Can you come help us?" And so we drove up, and we went in this house, and they said, the guy said, "I need to get something out of the basement, like a phone," and so I thought I'd go down in, in knee deep water. So we went down the stairs, about three stairs, and it was really dark. The power was out at this place, and the and it was. And I remember stepping about the third step, and it was water. Wow,
0: already filled up. Huh? Oh my
1: God, the whole basement was full.
0: You didn't bring your snorkel either. No, and <laughs> no. I didn't go down in there wow. either. You know,
1: I, and I could see that Eventually, we had a flashlight, and we could see the phone was in the. But the bar was kind of up, kind of tipped on the side, and kind of floating. Around. It was, it was really strange.
0: So, uh, was it just one side of town then that was affected by this, or most was the other side of town? That was- north, the
1: north side of town was affected. As well, I don't think as seriously, but it was flooded. I mean, we right. considered it flooded, like Bob said, about to 17th Street. Streets were flooded. There might have been some
2: minor water damage in some people's basements. You didn't hear about a whole lot of it, like you did on the south yeah, end of the the town. In the I south mean, end of town. The Riverside Estates area was just completely flooded. There were uh, stories of people that. Had built there and had full basements under their homes, and wound up filling the basements with sand oh. after the flood, right? Just because of the water tables. Yeah. And
1: and and I can't remember. This might. I think this is right. At one point, the mayor decided. Well, we had a city administrator. John was it Carpenter then? I don't. You might remember. have to look that up. Anyway, they, they the the either the mayor or the, or the city manager decided that they would to relieve the pressure of the water in the southwest part of town. Mm-hmm. They cut through Harrison. They bulldozed through Harrison. And all that water, all that water rushed down and spilled into many, many other neighborhoods, clear down, and, and that's how they got that water over in the eastern part of town a lot because the warm- So that was salute, a bad idea. Well, it saved a lot of people, and, and of course, the, the the big fight was, you know, the rich people. The rich people right. made him do it. But which was all BS, yeah. you know that,
0: that that's not true. So, it might have helped some and hurt others. Right. Well,
1: I, I was just thinking that it was just it was they were not going to be able to to save a lot of places unless they relieve this pressure. So, you know, I think logistically and in, in the physics of it worked, but it certainly made a lot of people mad. Sure. A lot of people were mad because they thought they were pretty safe. Until all that water went to the east, um, and and just kept and just kept going.
0: Coming back, Ayub recalls a dangerous situation he faced while unloading sandbags during the storms.
1: I remember sandbagging an electrical station, and that was really scary. I remember because occasionally it would spark, and and you know the guy I was with, we were just a couple kids.
0: Went back to the past. Returns. Take a step back in time at Stewart Museum in Grand Island, Nebraska. Conveniently located just off of Interstate 80, Stewart Museum features unique, historic, and experiential opportunities for people of all ages. We're open 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. daily for you to check out our beautifully curated exhibits, Living History Railroad Town, and new STEAM Learning Center with educational activities for the kids. Visit our website for more information at stewartmuseum.org. Welcome back to the past. I'm Josh Salmon. We're visiting with George Ayoub and Bob McFarlane about the floods of 1967. When we left, George was a 17-year-old unloading sandbags during a storm. He wasn't sure if he wanted to get near an electrical station with all the standing water.
1: I remember sandbagging an electrical station, and that was really scary. I remember because occasionally it would spark and... sure. You know that, and you know we're just a couple. The guy I was with, we were just a couple kids, and and uh, you know, but there were people around and they were sandbagging. I was thinking, man, I, I don't know if I signed up for this. Huh. And then in the middle of the night, we had to go to Keister's Lake, and this was really—it was dark, and we drove out on Bismarck, and <laughs> and I didn't realize this till we were out on Bismarck, and we must have got oh close to where the tracks are now. And I realized that the water was, it was a lake. There was no, there was no ground that I could see. And it was pitch black, of course. Yeah, I had the, light- right in the middle of it. Yeah, and I pitched back, of course I had the lights on, but it was really eerie, because hmm. I didn't know, you know, I wasn't going very fast, but I didn't know if 20 feet from there it was all underwater or not right you know i mean these days nobody would have sent me out there sure. you know 17 year old kid driving a, a yeah. flatbed they would have said wouldn't have done that i'm sure i'm sure my parents wouldn't have let me do it had they known but ahead of the time but so anyway we got out to keister's lake and, and we and we sandbagged a bunch of things out there um so that was really a you know a memory that uh, that i'll i'll always have and um you might have to check with the city on this, but I'm pretty sure the detention cell system that we have mm-hmm. was a result of the '67 floods.
2: As is the uh, Wood River cut off uh, to the Platte River. That, yeah,
1: and the whole and that started there. So it was a long time coming before we got oh, the that Wood was River. Thirty some years. Thirty some years before, because now people who live in the southwest part of town or way south, you know, they used to get water in their basements regularly after that. But then when they fixed that Wood River, they made that cut off to the the plat, that was helpful. But the detention cell system, uh, was they put that in place after the 67 floods, just to hold water. Okay. Because there was no place for the water to go. Right. You know. Kind of a levee or something. Yeah. yeah, and so I don't know how many de- there's uh, dozens of detention cells. Oh, I mean, they're yeah. they're all over. I don't know.
0: Bob McFarlane, treasurer of the Hall County Historical Society, recalls a unique memory he experienced.
2: One of my biggest memories. Uh, I I was 18 and I just completed my first semester of school at uh, Southeast Community College in Milford, and I was actually home on summer leave for or summer break for about three weeks, and I had horrible. Uh, tonsillitis, and, and I was homesick most of the time during the flood period. I remember the storms that George talked about, and like I said, it seemed like every night there were tornado sirens going off. And uh, after I finally got over my tonsillitis, I was out and about a little bit. Uh, the water was receding by this time, but I'll never forget going past Pier Park. You could not see where the lake right. started or ended. It was just solid water. Hmm. And someone not knowing that could have stepped off into exactly. some deep water. Yeah. But uh, it, it was yeah. uh, weird. Yeah.
0: Have you guys ever seen floods like that, anything close to that since then? I haven't. Anything that compared? Not, I haven't. I mean, we had the flooding here a couple of years ago. How did that compare to what you guys saw in 67?
2: Well, it wasn't as widespread as what '67 was yeah. because of the Wood River diversion project. Mm-hmm. That's that canal that runs east and west, south of uh, Walmart North, South, yeah. of and uh, that holds it, water. Yeah, it it actually connects to the Wood River uh, right behind Sturm Museum, and when the water gets to a certain level, they close a the dam, I guess, and mm-hmm. the, all the water goes down that diversion channel. Yeah. And I've seen that thing pretty full. Had it not been for that, the south end of Grand
1: Island would have been flooded a few years ago, uh, like it was in 67. I think generally speaking, most people thought that a, the, a third of the town was underwater yeah. in 67.
0: Although the marker is not quite up yet for the 1967 floods, it will be very soon as it will be located at Ellie Ray Lake Park in Grand Ellen. That wraps up this episode of Back to the Past, sponsored by Stur Museum, bringing history to life. And remember, if you think museums are boring, you're doing it wrong. Next week in our final episode, we will look at the life and times of O.A. Abbott, a very important person in Nebraska history, and talk about a marker being created in his honor. Back to the Past, podcast written, narrated, and produced by Josh Salmon. Copyright The Grand Island Independent and Lee Enterprises 2021. I would like to say thank you to George Ayub, Bob McFarland, and you for listening. This is Josh Sammon saying see you next week.